are oppressed. We are exploited. We are denied not only civil rights, I'm but even human rights. First place, come play with me. You want second place? Let us sing forever. Let us play forever. Wake your ass up. Awaken the beast inside. Ways. Welcome back to episode 91, The Realist Podcast. I'm your co-host, Osama. My name is Muhammad. And we're, what are you saying? It's actually been a month since we recorded. Our last episode came out December 18th, you know, pretty much a month at this point by the time this episode comes out. We're so excited to be back. We have a lot of new guests coming, a lot of new conversations. We have a new podcast covered. We have a new intro, new outro, all that good stuff. Today, as opposed to usually in the beginning of the year, it's only me and Muhammad talking about whatever. But we have we actually have a guest today, a friend of mine who I used to work alongside with. Mark, what's up, buddy? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. I know. It's, it's been a year too long. I remember last time we had this conversation, or the first time we had this conversation, it was like almost, almost a year ago. And I'm like, yeah, I want to get you on. Now you're finally on. Yeah, yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. So you want to tell everybody like uh, a brief what you do and like where to follow you, and we'll, we'll start from there. Yeah, so I'm a recording artist. You can find me on everything, Mark Mdoza, M-D-O-Z-A. Uh, YouTube, streaming services, all that good stuff. Do it. Let's do it. Welcome to the podcast. It's nice having you on. And I guess the first question I have for you is, what does it take to be an artist? I think, personally, for me, it's storytelling, like really good storytelling. You could have like amazing records. You could have like, you know, it's it's art. So it's it's subjective and it's personal to to every other artist out there. But yeah, just being a good storyteller, that's what I think an artist is. Do you think, obviously, a lot of our conversations was about your music in the past, about you singing, but I don't think I've asked like, a deeper question, so I'm going to save them for today. Do you think that you're, you're hearing some of your songs? I know your recent release was like Move. Yeah. What do you think your strongest uh, skill set is? Do you think it would be storytelling? Like, you basically talking about your emotions, talking about how you feel. Do you think your your biggest strength is storytelling? Yeah, I definitely think it's storytelling. The uh, The first EP that I put out, I literally wrote everything in like one day because it was just one big story uh, which was all set in high school and like everything just came to me so fast and when it comes to like writing singles or like like one-offs it definitely comes like it's a lot harder to write if that makes sense like I need personally for me I need everything to connect and if it doesn't then it's like it's it does it's not going to relate to me and then it won't really relate to whoever's listening that was a beautiful answer and as an artist, obviously you are putting your art there and it's outside of the universe. But before you become an artist, people either have the confidence or they have the fear. And if they have the fear, it's as if like, I want to do it. And then after a while, they might stop if they get a negative reaction or they feel as if their music is not like hitting and stuff. Were you the type of artist that was on the fear side or confident before you came out? Talk to us about that coming out party. What was the process? Oh man, it was long. It was a long process. And I think it was like five years before I actually decided to put something out. So from like the fear side, I think it was, it wasn't so much of like my voice isn't good enough or like what I had to write, what I wanted to write wasn't good enough. It was more of just like, will it sound good? So during, I guess after high school, I took that five years to really work on like producing, mixing, recording and all that. Cause I'm pretty much doing it all on my own and um 
Yeah, it really took me a long time to find my sound because I was bouncing back and forth. I was like, this doesn't sound good. This isn't what I want to put out. And so, yeah, I really had to really find myself in what I want to do in terms of my sound. And so it, it was it was fear for sure because um, I wanted it to sound good. I wanted it to sound like what I had in my head, especially when I listened to it in the car or whatever. Um, yeah, and once I put it out there, it was big relief on my shoulders. And and so, yeah, now now it's more of just confident and trying to push the envelope and just evolve from there. Yeah. Honestly, to add on to your point, I think the biggest thing is sometimes overcoming that fear because like even me and Muhammad can relate when we first started out like doing podcasts. Like, it was, like This is before... 2020 like we first put our official episode on all streaming platforms i'm talking about like pre-ways a lot of people do remember this and you know who i'm talking about and i believe um i don't think i think at some point it was just like we wanted things to be so perfect that we wouldn't allow things to start and come out because like you obviously had with our old team you had so many people on the team that different ideas and it was just like one person says one idea other person adds on to it makes it better other person adds on to it we all add on to it next thing we're not going to get it out and I, and I I think I was the voice of, like, I don't want to say I was the voice of reason, but I remember I would say back in the day, we'd have to let stuff get out because it's the only way you're going to learn as a creator, like by putting yourself out, making yourself vulnerable and allowing people to see who you are. That's what, that's what, a, that's what a creator really is. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I really have to work on. Like this year, I've, I'm, I'm always like, I've, I've told you before, like on social media, I'm really quiet. I don't really yeah, yeah. post a lot. And like, yeah. that's something I really have to do this year to really just. Just let go, you know. Is that your new goal going like for twenty twenty two or even going forward? To like be more vulnerable? Yeah, and like like especially just not just social media, but just in life. I'm like, I'm already a quiet guy and so just trying to step out of that for sure. I think it kinda works out. It's almost similar how the weekend came out. Like he was that quiet guy, he was hidden, but obviously I guess you resonated with his music. So I guess it, it definitely does work, but having social media now is so important again I'll, I'll relate to you again like our podcast account on instagram for the longest time was inconsistent now like i'm posting five days a week trying to post stories like i'm not even focusing on my actual account because i don't really care about my actual account but i do believe you have because you, you want to connect a lot of people not a lot if you want to connect with a lot of younger ones they're going to need that social media presence they want to know who mark mendoza is who osama is who muhammad is that's how they connect unfortunately these days because you can easily go like door to door or walk, or have your own sweater walk in Square One Mall and uh, like say so you own a sick sweater. What do you do? Oh, I'm a singer, right? But obviously, you want to hit all areas of expertise. This way, that you hit, then, then you know you'll hit all demographics. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just trying to branch out is really that's the goal. That's the goal of this year. Well, I have a question for you. So obviously, like New Year's resolution, everybody has New Year's resolution. Not necessarily New Year's resolution, but what are your goals for 2022? Do you want to have collabs? you want to drop an EP, an album? Like, what do you have set for this year? I have a bunch of other singles to release, surprisingly, because, you know, it takes a while for me to kind of write them since they're one-offs. Uh, but yeah, I have, a, I have a ton of, like, unreleased stuff to just try and put out. Um, I'm not, like, when I look back at my other releases, it's always at the end of the year, and it's, it's, it's kind of like at a bad time. Um, but yeah, just trying to get over that and just keep releasing things. Um, also work on the YouTube stuff, like all the covers that I used to do. I also have like a lot of those to release too. And yeah, just also trying to get some like photo shoot stuff done because I don't really do, I don't really do that. 
but I have to like you know to to really just push myself out there. Yeah, it's stuff I gotta do if I want to. Uh, I just want to say like you're such a like I've heard I've heard your music before. Like I remember you would hear you make me hear your songs like back in like when I first met you, and you're a talented guy. So I'm not sure like I think the world's waiting to hear your voice. And obviously, I think a lot of people who know you definitely agree that you're a talented talented artist. And I guess we're bringing you back to my next question. What do you think is the hardest part? Singing. Being an audio engineer or being or producing or do they have their own difficulty? For me, it's producing. Like audio engineering, I love it. Like I, that's my my second side hustle. I love it. It's like it's like cooking. It's relaxing. It's it's fun. It's creative. Um, yeah, no, producing is, is the hardest thing. Um, especially when I'm listening to music, I'm like, this is easy. Like I can definitely make something like that. And then when I sit down and do it, it's it's not. It's just not hitting the same and and uh then i get into this this like self-doubt mode of oh man i need to you know up my skills in piano or guitar or whatever it is to try and get there but then you know it takes time away from other things and it's all about balance and i think producing is is i think i found out last year that it's something that i should probably try and collaborate more with instead of me trying to push everything um to 100 if that makes sense just trying to focus on what I can do like really well and then just let someone else handle the things that like, you know, that I'm not as strong at. Yeah, I was about to say that because like, especially when it comes to producing, you always want that uh, mentorship, especially guidance, especially in, like in the beginning when you're trying to cultivate and create your own sound, you might not understand or know that you're actually getting stagnant as far as your own sound. So it's always good to have that mentorship or just that second voice to overlook your uh, producing skills right so i think a lot of self-producers who are great are known for that they always had that in the beginning right someone to could go to kind of like a sensei or like a yoga type figure to always help them out in the beginning so obviously as you get bigger and stuff you're able to uh, go back and forth and it becomes more easier one thing i wanted to ask you was you talked about how when it comes to your songwriting if the song doesn't connect if it's not like a personal story you just can't sing it in the event that obviously you become a big singer you have a big platform big fan base there might be a time where you don't really have the time to do as much songwriting as before so someone might give you some material to sing over have you ever had that experience yet and would that be a tough experience for you in the future good question the three singles that i put out before move i worked on them with producers in in quebec and it was like a joint songwriting thing and so i had like some input and they obviously had like their own input with melodies and, and lyrics and it actually turned out really well. Um, I actually enjoyed, like, you know, singing the songs that uh, we co-wrote. And um, I don't think it would be a struggle, like, in the future. I kind of think that I can, like, place myself inside that, that little that little story or that little chapter. And uh, at the end of the day, I'll make it relate to me, if that makes sense. Like, I can, some parts of, like, oh, I'll write something about it. I'll write something for the song and it'll be like, wow, okay, that happened to me. Or, you know, that's really relatable to me. Okay, this is like, then, then I'm set. Like, as long as there's like a little piece of me in there, then I'm all good. If, if it's something that like someone wrote 100% and they want me to sing it, that's fine. Like, I'll do it. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not like a big, big deal. I think that's important. Like you said, that you add a little bit of yourself. So even if it's another person's material, your audience will still know that it's you. And I think that's really crucial. And there's a lot of things that people don't really do. And it doesn't even 
and that's in all arts, right? It doesn't have to be music. It could be in acting. It could be in, like, the sports world, sports analyst and stuff. Like, if someone else gives you input and you're not able to add your own flavor that makes you unique, I think the audience can tell. So I think that's a beautiful point that you just said. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, listening to all the features that, you know, artists are in, they always have their own little flavor in there, which is something to really keep in mind and something that, like, a lot of people don't really take in. Speaking of artists... Right. Who would you say are your Mount Rushmore of R and B artists? Like, who are the people you go you go look up to? It's like I'm making a song. I'm I'm, a, I'm not sure if you do do this, but if you do, who do you go and listen to before you start making the song? If you want to get influenced, um, I think it's always been like the same. Who are your top five artists? Top five. I'm the kind of person to listen yeah, to yeah. like the same. <laughs> One person for a month. Who's that? Obviously, okay. I I know I've told you already. But like you know, Bruno Mars is up there. He's he's got to be. I'm, yeah. I met him when I was young. He's number one. That's he's number one. He's in these. Oh, you met him? Yeah, I actually met him. And uh, oh, we gotta we gotta ask you about we gotta we gotta actually we gotta ask you about that. So Bruno Bruno Mars is number one. Bruno Mars is number one. Tone Stiff is number two. He's crazy. He's really good. Travis Garland is is up there too. Obviously Michael Jackson. I, I can't I can't not put Michael Jackson there. Um, that's four. I'd probably say Chris Brown. One more, buddy. I'd probably say Chris Brown. Chris Brown. Yeah. Interesting. I'm like yeah like those those are like the five guys I'll probably listen to over and over again. I'll, n- I'll never get tired of. Uh, yeah. Do you think they have influenced the way you sound? Yeah, definitely. Like their little intric- intricacies in their runs or their their little melodies and. The way like the production goes, yeah, no, they they have uh, they have a lot of influence over me, especially especially Bruno. I can't escape it. I, like in in high school, everyone would call me Bruno. Tell us tell us about Bruno and how you met him. All right, tell us a story, man. I want to hear it. I was in I was in L.A. and this was like, oh man, I think I was like seven or nine years old, and uh, it was it was for my cousin's wedding, and so I woke up one morning and someone was singing on the couch. Yeah, I'm like, who the heck is singing? It's like eight a.m. in the morning. I get up, I walk to the family room, and this this guy is just si- sitting. He's he's not even standing. He's lying down on the sofa, literally singing. Just like you wouldn't even think that he's lying down. He's he's it's it's that easy for him. I'm like, holy cow, this guy this guy sounds great. And then my dad comes out, and um, he's like, oh, what's your name? Uh, he, he he was already Bruno at the time. I think he was like 27 years old. And my dad was like, oh, man, you got to go try out for American Idol. And he's like, oh, I'm already too old for that. And he's like, OK, that's fine. But I'll give you 10 bucks to sing. And he's like, yeah, sure. And so he was singing more and more. And my mom was like, you got to go sing with him. I'm like, um, I'm kind of shy. But yeah, my mom told him that I was a singer. And uh, yeah, like the one thing he gave me, he literally told me, just keep singing. And ever since then, I, I kind of just used that as as a way to like motivate myself was bruno mars were mars at, the, at this point or at that point sorry uh he was already he was already bruno but it was like right before he blew up i think oh, okay yeah yeah but that's yeah. actually still sick like let me say one thing if you ever make a song with him which i think i know you will the backstory behind that is just insane like the fact that you met him at seven years old and i don't think i'm not sure if he'll remember it but maybe he does i have no idea but the fact that you could share that story with him it's like hey I, like I want, I want to share something with you. I, a lot of people have that. Like sometimes they meet certain someone within their industry. Like yo, I, you know, I met you 
this many years ago and you were so kind to me. So I think that's an interesting story. Like the fact that you said you, you met one of your, I guess, heroes, mind you, someone who like allowed you to fall in love with music. Yeah. And for him to inspire and continuously inspire you is insane. Yeah, no, it's he actually sang at my cousin's wedding um, when we were there. And like, I don't have any videos of it, but I'm sure someone else does in the family. Um, my cousin also showed me a photo of him, but I didn't save it. But he had like a giant afro and everything. And uh, when Just The Way You Are came out, I was like grade seven or eight. My mom was like, that's Bruno. I'm like, no way, like no way. So yeah, ever since then, I've been, I guess I've been like in Bruno's shadow. Someone, every, everyone in high school called me Bruno because I don't know. The look. Get the got look. the look. It's the hair. It's the hair. Sometimes, <laughs> the hair. sometimes my voice, like I, sometimes I'll sound like him when I'm singing, and it's kind of scary because it doesn't feel like I'm singing. It just feels like I'm just, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's crazy. That's such a funny story. Uh, one thing I actually wanted to ask you was probably the Silk Sonic album because that was a big surprise. And when we got Leave the Door Open, blew everyone's expectations. And obviously, the expectations of the album got heightened and heightened. And eventually, when it came out, everyone loved it, uh, critically acclaimed. As for its sound, the musicianship between Anderson Park and also Bruno Mars. What was your expectations before the album came out? And since then, like, how much do you love it? How, do you go, how much do you go back to it? And do you think it's Bruno's best album? I think, I think it is Bruno's best stuff. It's, it's kind of funny because... When he was doing 24K, uh, I was doing, you know, that sort of sound. And now that he released Silk Sonic with, he did the Silk Song thing with uh, Anderson Pack. I'm kind of doing the same thing. So it's kind of, it's kind of weird how that's working out. But it's, when it came out and I was listening to it, at first, like it had to grow on me. I was like, oh, this is good. And then I kept listening to it. I'm like, oh man, this is really good. And so far, like it's, it's. No, it's a it's a banger. It's definitely it's it's really good. I think it could be a little bit longer, but that's just me. But of course, I I think Bruno had a lot of say in like the songwriting. Um, but nah, man, it's it's really good. It's really good. Yeah, I think it's really great. I think it's his best vocally as far as vocals, and uh, yeah, that's Bruno's format as far as the nine songs per album. That's like. He copied that like a Michael Jackson format, just sticking to nine songs. Because obviously, with such an album, you wish there was more material, and uh, even in the you wish there was like a deluxe edition. But who knows? I'm pretty sure maybe they'll release an al another album, maybe two or three years from now. But uh, yeah, amazing, amazing effort by Bruno. Yeah, no, I I hope so. I I think I th he, he's a genius because like he'll he'll release nine songs. It, it kind of makes you want more, so you have to re-listen to it over and over again. I guess that's how he gets you. Just puts a little, just a little taste of, of what's coming. I actually remember when uh, Bruno Mars was the biggest thing. Because I remember in 20, I think it was 2011, when like the song, was this, when he like started popping, like he was like the biggest, one of the biggest artists, if not the biggest artist at that time in the world, where everybody was listening to his songs. Like he was collabing with Eminem, like he, and like obviously with Lil Wayne and all these other artists. And he, he his voice is like, Regardless if you don't like him or you do, you can't deny his voice is amazing. Like, he obviously opened up so many different avenues for, like, certain artists and that sound to begin with. Because at that point, you were like, who is this person that's, like, singing with all these different melodics? And, yeah, I think he's definitely... I'm not sure if he still gets the same appreciation he still does this today because I haven't really kept up with his career as much. But there are certain songs that I still listen to because obviously they're nostalgic and like they remind me of good times but yeah he's actually an amazing artist and I don't think one day if Mark and 
Bruno Mars made a song, it's going number one. I'm saying it. You can go back to this episode and say, yo, Osama called it. Yeah, I know. I got yeah, you. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, the, that's the dream right there. That's the dream. That's what I'm going for. Are there any other artists that you want to collab with within Toronto that you're looking at and you're like, I want to make a song with them? Not really. Like, I don't, I, not really. I mean, like, it would be nice to, but um, when I was working at Best Buy in the Eaton Center, um, there was like so many artists there and they like, they kind of all do the same thing. Uh, not to say that's a bad thing, like that, you know, that's them. Um, but it, it, it's, it's not what, like, what I envision a collaborative effort would be, if that makes sense. Like, if I was, if I was to collab, then I'd probably want them on something like that. And that's why I always ask, like, before I get in touch with someone, I'm like, hey, would you be able to, like, you know, do something over this type of, type of track? It's, you know, the Silk Sonic vibe. And I, I don't know. I'm like really peculiar with it, so I guess maybe that's it's it's something I have to work on too, and just not being so picky. But yeah, but at the end of the day, I'm on it as well, so I want it to be you know good and something that that I want to release. So yeah, yeah, I don't think that's anything wrong with that. Like especially one thing, like it's your sound. So if you have your sound and also you have an idea where you want to take it, by all means, you have the right to do that. So obviously, if you mean an artist that's able to meet that standard then obviously you know it's going to be a, a beautiful opportunity. And like the fact that you said that you, if you had a chance to collaborate with another artist, whether locally or globally, and you could kind of do like the Silk Sonic thing, my question would be with the Silk Sonic album, obviously it was like majority 70s as far as the influences and the sound and the structure. If you had the chance to do like a collaboration with any artist um, locally or globally, what era would it be? Would it be like the 70s? Would it be like the 80s, 90s, 60s? Let us, what, what do you think? When I produce, I kind of gravitate towards the 80s to 2000s, like the old school R&B, which is something that's missing. Like, I want to bring that stuff back because nowadays R&B is kind of oversaturated with like, you know, the trap I hats trap drums and all that stuff. And it's, it's good, but the tracks that I'll gravitate towards are like the old school stuff in it. And that, that's, what, that's what I think should, you know, be, be brought back. So that's probably what I would do in terms of like setting the vibe. Because everyone loves that. Right? Everyone just, just loves that type of vibe. And it's, it's something that, that should be, you know, should be back. Do you think, I guess, like you said, obviously, like that time and that sound was obviously incredible. And you do hear it sometimes if someone would do like a throwback track. Um, but either way, there's certain artists like Bruno, for example, with 24K Magic that had some tracks, obviously diluted of that uh late 80s early 90s new jack swing and i guess the most famous person out of all is the weekend obviously who does like majority 80s whether it's new wave or synth pop and stuff and even tory lanes recently with his album aloe prom uh, trying to attempt you know an 80s sound uh i guess my question to you was if it's in the 80s would it be like early 80s as far as the disco or boogie era or like new wave or synth pop or would it be like kind of like New Jack Swing as far as the late 80s? Like what kind of genre would it be? I think it'd be more of the disco stuff. That's what like the funky guitar, because that's what I'm kind of really into right now. Yeah, just bringing like good vibes and like dance. Definitely the disco stuff. There might be a little bit of like synth pop in there, because um, that's sort of like my little touch when I produce. Yeah, so I'm, I'll probably just dip my toes in every little 
era within that era. I think my another quick question is, it's very hard because obviously artists will try to do a sound that they're influenced by, but modern critics will criticize them and be like, hey, like the sound's not original because you're borrowing from the past. So one thing that Bruno and The Weeknd does really well is able to use those elements and those influences, but still keep a modern sound at the same time, kind of make it fresh and original. How hard is that in the beginning as an artist learning to songwrite, produce, and doing it all by yourself, as opposed to them, obviously they're more established, they have the creators around them, songwriters, they can reach out to different producers, so they're able to hone in and not lose that originality. As opposed to you, you're doing it by yourself, so obviously you don't know whether it sounds too unoriginal or too original, but not like easy, accessible, as far as the influence. How hard is it for you in the beginning process? I try not to think about about that too much because the influences will come like regardless of how I'm producing something, how I'm creating. Sometimes it does it does get a little tough because I'll listen back and I'll be like, I'll reference the track that I'm trying to, I guess, get the vibe from and it, it kind of sounds the same. But it's it's different. It's almost like a little side road to that road that, that I'm trying to follow. But yeah, for me, it's it's not that difficult. It's it, it's not that hard to uh, to really hone in on the influence and and kind of just make it my own. I don't really think about I'm ripping off someone else or I'm taking from them. I don't really think about that. I kind of just I get caught up in, in the whole story aspect of what I'm trying to do, uh, like what I said earlier. So yeah, when it, when it comes to making stuff like that, I don't really yeah I don't really think about that. I don't think I've ever really thought about that. Which it's a good question. Maybe I'll think about it some more when I'm like producing, but it's never really bothered me to the point of like scratching something completely um, because it sounds way too similar. Or I'm just ripping off someone else. And as far as like ideas, once again, like there's different kind of artists, like different artists will have their own sound and kind of stick through it throughout their whole career. Or some artists really want to create eras. So every album is totally different as far as the sound, the sonics, uh, the look as far as themselves and what they wear and the videos and stuff. Are you kind of like an artist that's pretty much, I have my own sound. I just want to kind of build it and master it, or I want to create different eras and different kind of themes with every single album. So it doesn't sound the same. Like where, where do you fall in the line between that? That's a good question. I have, uh, I actually had notes for different EPs that I had different stories and they were all going to sound different from each other. I think I'm still going to stick with that just because I find it interesting and it's always nice to switch it up. But at the same time, I don't really want to, if I have to force myself to do that, then I'm probably not going to. But as of right now, yeah, like I'm probably going to switch up the sound from project to project uh, just because I'm just taking influences from everywhere. Um, or like this is kind of influenced from this this project here and then this one is from like Silk Sonic, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, as of right now, I'm probably going to stick to just every project that I have is going to be different from each other, which I think is, is also nice because it's it's just like another book to read or another movie to watch or another series. So that's how I look at it. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to just have them different from each other. Osama, you know, it's something that's pretty funny that we've never done before on the podcast. It just popped into my head right now. What's up? I was thinking about the waste formula and uh, obviously we never like really illustrated this, but it's like... If you could take like the waste formula yeah. and take like, I don't know, either all of it or like two parts of it and ask him, how does he apply it uh, into his work? 
I think that'd be kind of cool. What do you think? I think you can ask him. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> well, I guess you could pick any letter that you want. <laughs> okay, I guess so we should explain it let's, first. Let's so, explain. Like, <laughs> let's explain to everybody what, and to you and to everybody else what the boys formula. So basically, we basically just give a backstory. We went to a speaking engagement where we were speaking to like an organization and like the kids that are there, right? Because they, what they specify is developing these youth from 14 to 24 years old. So in the presentation, me and Muhammad were like, we're at, I don't want to say we were struggling, but we were trying to find something that we resonated with that helped us a lot, that allowed us and helped us to get to where we are today, obviously, and going forward. So I came up, I started working, I'm like, you know what? Our company is called Waves. So I'm just like, let me work with the letters that I have. So basically, the W starts with what's your purpose? A is basically your attitude slash anticipating roadblocks. Why is you versus you? S is uh, starting and your dreams and desires. And then we, we basically added two key components, which are C and D, which are basically consistency and being disciplined, right? So I guess Mohammed's trying to come out. It's like, what do you have, like, with those letters, right, that I just mentioned, like, like, what was your purpose from the beginning to saying, like, what made you want to start? And I guess, how did you uh, allow yourself to continue, be consistent, positive attitude, no matter what hits you? So I started singing and why I continue to do it, right? Yeah, basically. So like, I guess we'll talk. We'll talk about W first. Like, what's what was your purpose to to start singing? Basically, what was what what made you start? I don't know. I've always been a singer. I guess it was just me. Really, meeting Bruno, him telling me to keep singing. That's that's pretty much. If I could sum it up, that's pretty much why I continue to sing. Have you told people this story, or just like because this is the first time I'm hearing it? I've I've told people this story and they're like, no way! I need to see a photo. Uh, I ain't got one yet, not yet. I believe you, bro. I believe it. Listen, man, I believe you. So my second question, I guess, is attitude and anticipating roadblocks, right? I guess one is uh, how do you how do you go abide by that? Obviously, being a creator, sometimes things don't go your way, right? So how do you stay positive and do you, how do you anticipate roadblocks when you're obviously assessing your goals? I have to kind of shut like my brain. Like the little voice in my head off. There's a lot of self-doubt. That is pretty much like the big roadblock for me. Am I good enough? Cause like I'm not I'm not that big yet. Uh not that known. Don't have a lot of stuff out. Am I good enough to do this? To make a career out of it? Yeah, I just keep going. It's 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 Yeah. I just shut that that little voice in my head off and continue to put my head down and work. So you know, here's my next question. It's going to be a tricky. So obviously for you, we said you versus you, but I think music is kind of different, mind you. So are you someone who looks at your competitor, like at your peers or competitors, or are you someone that look at your old previous work and say, um, how do you compare yourself? Do you compare yourself to you versus you? Or do you look at your competitors and say, I'm far ahead? Like, how do you, how do you like process that? I, I used to look at like other, other artists in the GTA and be like, damn, like when, before I released music, I, I used to look at them and be like, these guys have a whole team. They're in the studio all the time. Like, holy cow, how the hell do they do it? Or like, why can't I do that? So that's when I just really just worked on that, you know, producing all that for five years. Now I look at it as a you versus you. Uh, and you, you know me, I go, I go to the gym quite a lot. I work out a lot. So that really helps. That really helps me kind of put myself in a you versus you situation like every day. Um, that's how I look at it, especially now once that I've released music. I'm always wanting to top that. So, yeah, now now it's a you versus you. Before it was, you know, me versus another guy in the GTA, but yeah. Yeah, honestly, I, th- I think music is definitely different. Sometimes it's, it's, it's not easy not to compare yourself to other artists, obviously. 
music is such music is so subjective that you're if you don't compare yourself, you know, people might be comparing you, right? So I think it's hard to get. I think with the creator, mind you, if you're able to find a formula where you get out of that, I think it's different. I think I think you're like ahead of the game, and I think obviously speaking, you're always like people like I think third party people always compare you, and I think that's why I say you got to compare yourself to yourself because you're your biggest critic. Like for me. People always find it weird when I say this. Like, I don't listen to any of the podcasts that I record because as I'm recording or talking to you or talking to anybody else, I'm actually assessing myself as I'm speaking. Or I know most people doing the same thing. Like, the only time we actually... Well, now we don't do it no more because I want to shout out to DJ Nazi because she's taking care of her editing uh, podcast. But before when I was editing, unless something went wrong, when I would go back and listen to it. But I don't listen to another podcast because I'm so tuned into listening to you and your answers and your vision. That I'm like, I don't want to go back and listen to it because I'm getting a live appearance at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being in, being present. That's that's really key. Being present. Can I? So you know what? We spoke so much about. I know we don't have that much time left, but I want I want to ask like one last question for myself. So for you, let's say hypothetically you write music based off your experience and based on things that you went through, right? Whether that they're bad or good, do you feel like you also relive those experiences as you're like as you're writing them down, or if you already write them down and you're singing them into like, like you're singing them for real now? Singing those lyrics that actually happened to you is important to send a lesson to certain people, even though it may be hard for you to relive that experience. No, when I'm recording them, I kind of just, I literally like, like I literally transport to that memory and I'm like in it when I'm singing the lyrics. So I'm trying to really, even the way I deliver the line, the way my tone is, how I'm singing it, the way the melody is, it's all, it is all connected and it's all connected through me. And I pretty much just go back to that, that little, that little moment for that little line or verse or whatever. And I'm just, I'm fully in there. Actually, that makes me wonder because just like an actor, obviously if you're delivering like a powerful scene, you're not trying to figure out uh, a memory to help trigger that reaction so you can drive that performance. So whether you can make, make yourself more angry, make yourself more sad, or even cry in a scene. So it's kind of similar, like you said, to obviously music. Like, if you're singing, you're going to drive out that emotion and bring it out. Has there ever been an experience while you're singing, and it might be a particular uh, lyric or experience, and it kind of caused you to react in such a way you didn't know? Like, I don't know, maybe you cried, or maybe you just, like, stopped the track and walked out of the studio, or, like, has that ever happened, like, while singing? Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> not yet. I haven't, I don't think I've gotten that, that deep in my feelings yet. Um, may, it could happen. I'm trying to think. Because think, think about Silk Sonic, the song put on a smile, like that performance. Oh man, that's my favorite one. That performance. I'm thinking like, what did Bruno tell himself while singing that song? That's a song you can't just sing. Like you need to figure out a way to get that emotion out. Especially at the end when he's 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 giving it his all, so I'm thinking for a person like you, the exact same thing. Like, let's say you're given the opportunity to record, put on a smile. How are you going to record that song? Because you know you can't just sing it; you have to bring it. So you have to have something in you that's gonna release those memories and that desire and that fire. So obviously the audience can relate and then talk about forever, which is obviously the goal, right? Yeah. No, I would. I would definitely. I would have to separate that song in like days, weeks, just to like, yeah, no, that song is crazy. It's crazy emotional, puts me on my feelings all the time. 
but yeah no i would i would have to really just separate it into weeks and i'd probably think about the same thing really i would probably think about the same thing over and over again yeah yeah your process is so unique because i've never because we've interviewed a lot of different musicians on the show and their process and the way they do things is more like multi-layered and like i don't know they want to try different things but the fact that you said for one song you're gonna separate it for a week like weeks upon weeks and just figure out the same thing or contemplate on the same thing it's very it's so unique because generally wise it's like i would i would think that's not the smart thing to do but at the same time if that's your process and that's what makes you become who you are and deliver those songs and those melodies and that's how you get your stuff out and that's that's pretty cool it's such a unique kind of method yeah i'm like a really deep person i guess when it comes to like songwriting and singing i think it was the the last track on the ep always been you i kind of separated a couple days between recording um not because it was like very emotional like the way i sing the way i sang in the song it's it's not that very like it's not powerful but the lyrics in them it's it's definitely it hits home so i i think i took like several days between the verses because they were just all super related to me at the time, or not even at the time, like years ago. But it, it was like a recent memory, so it's it's it was still fresh. Um, yeah, yeah, no. I think my quick quick uh, last question. I'd love to know, especially for R and B musicians, like when it comes to heartbreak. Do you think like when it comes to heartbreak, is it like an easy way as far as like? Oh, since heartbreak is such a huge thing in R&B, it's kind of like a cheap stick. Like, and I could just sing it just to sing and get away with it. Or it's something like, everyone goes through heartbreak. I need to sing it and pretty much bring out my experience so I cultivate my own lane. Like, do you think heartbreak in R&B is just like one of those things you have to do it whether you like it or not? Or like you could do it and just make yourself stand out from everyone else? I think you can do it, but... The way I'm thinking about it, like right now, right as we speak, I'm thinking about it like the little moments, not like the big picture of like breaking up. It's it's the little things like maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe you see someone like you're into and they're with someone else. Maybe you're getting like mixed signals from someone. It's, it's that's how I, I see it. It's not like big picture. She broke my heart. I'm sad. It's more of like, it's it's the little things that make you feel aside from the big photo if that makes it's like the little little pieces that make up the big photo i agree and i think that's what makes r&b heartbreak really relatable um because it's not just about i'm I'm so sad it's it's more about i feel this way at a certain time so i'm going to remember that and i'm going to write about it and it's kind of yeah that's how i think about it and I think, that, yeah, I think your answer points that out because there's already been so many songs on the exact same theme, right? And so many different angles and perspective. So I think, like you said, like the small pictures, trying to find out something that no one else is kind of saying about or a lyric or an idea that no one really talked about and trying to cultivate a song out of that. It's a huge difference compared to, like you said, the general, like, take me back. I'm sorry. Begging. Keith Sweat, yeah, yeah, kind of style, crying, singing in the rain <laughs> on my knees, singing in the rain on the yeah, knees. no, that that's <laughs> literally like, even if I go through that like from day to day things and it, it, like it comes up, I'm gonna remember that. I'm like, I have to write about that, and I, and it's weird because if I'm in my, if I'm in my feelings, I try and find a song that relates to that that I can just put on repeat so I can feel better. But sometimes there isn't a song about it, 
So I'm like, I'm just going to, I got to write about it now. No one else has it, so I have to write about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was me yesterday. That was me yesterday. I was playing, uh, I was playing uh, The Weeknd All Alone Again from his al- album After Hours. I was like, because, yo, like something, Mo knows this. Like, like, one event that we did recently, it just like did not sit well with me. So I was just like, bruh. I feel I was that yeah, guy, yeah. like you know that meme was just like that guy. Uh, I don't know, you're under the rain. It's just like uh, that was me, bro, all depressed. But <laughs> but anyways, uh, I, I want to thank you for coming on, bro. I appreciate you coming on, taking the time to speak with us. I know it's been a long time since we had this conversation, but I'm glad we can finally get you on as the first episode of the new year. So thank you, Mark. We appreciate. Yeah, man, you, no, bro. feels feels good. Yo. It's my first first podcast. So I appreciate you guys. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, bro, it's, it's insane because every artist you've had so far, it's their, it was their first podcast. All right, we we, we all gonna remember you. We'll give you a little piece of the trophy. <laughs> yeah. yeah listen, but we're gonna remember you. Like ne- next time we have this conversation, hopefully you'll be like somewhere else. Yeah, Thank you so much for this episode. I really loved everything you said. I think the one thing I took away was just like your process as far as your method, because I think like in the beginning when we talked about the fear versus confidence. Whoever's listening to this and like in the exact same spot, there's gonna be someone who probably has the exact same method as you. Separate a track for weeks and kind of contemplate on it longer than usual. If they hear you say the exact same thing, like you know what, if he could do it and look where he's at, I know I can for sure. That's gonna grasp them more onto the confidence side. So I think that's a huge lesson that you gave to the audience. Yeah, yeah, no. Actually, the one little thing to add to that one, I have to be obsessed with it. Like I have to be obsessed with the song that I'm releasing. And so that that's what makes me really enjoy it. And yeah, I think that's the difference between an artist that's obviously delivering a track for the sake of wanting to give it to as a memory, opposed to an artist that's just giving the track just for the sake of, you know, a dollar on this material item. A dollar. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyways, bro, before we let you go, how about you shout out your accounts, tell people to follow you, tell people where they can find your music at. All streaming services, uh, social media, it's Mark, M-A-R-K, M-D-O-Z-A. I'm on YouTube too, I do covers. Yeah, that's it. You guys thought we were done? I don't think so. We still gotta wrap it up. Please follow me at Kusa300. Follow my co-host Muhammad at Muhammad.global. Make sure to follow our page at Instagram. Also, make sure to subscribe to all our platforms. We drop every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Thank you. We'll see you next week.